Welcome back to the Based on Actual Events podcast, a podcast where we talk all about movies, films, cinema, and TV. This is actually Ben, and I love movies. Welcome back to the uh, second episode in May for Based on Actual Events, the second podcast. So we might be on track to get uh, 12 uh, episodes in this year, maybe uh, maybe even a little bit more now, because uh, if you can't tell by the audio quality and for my uh, post on Instagram, on my Instagram story, I got a brand new microphone that just came in today, and I'm I'm actually quite excited. I, I just used it for a, a school project. Even though I'm done school, I got some things that I uh, need to do for next semester, and um, it sounds really good. It sounds a lot better than the Zoom. Um, I need to learn how to do like compression and EQ, and maybe learn how to talk properly with it because it's a condenser mic, and uh, you know, talking at different uh, distances. Um, this makes it sound a little bit different, so I need to learn the best possible way for um, the sound for it. But yeah, it, it came in. Um, I'll put the uh, mic um, name down below in the description if you want to look at it. It was actually a very reasonable price for what you get. I have the entire boom arm setup and the pop filter, and it's just a USB, so it, it doesn't need phantom power or anything like that. It's a condenser. It's, it's, it's very good. It was about 94 Canadian, which is... Uh, not bad with free shipping. Uh, I think uh, I really like it and I really enjoy it for, for what it is. And uh, I'm, I'm excited because this podcast is something that I love to do. It's something that is an extension of myself, an extension of film um, that I like to express. And, I, and uh, this, this mic helps me do it. It's a little bit better quality than the Zoom on my um, bedroom floor or my, on my bed. And now this is actually I'm at a table. I'm sitting down. I, I've like a, I feel like Joe Rogan right now. So the other thing that's changed is the intro, um, if you didn't catch that before. So my first three um, intros was um, a podcast where we talk about movies, film, and cinema. But now it's now we talk about movies, film, cinema, and TV. I think TV is um, something that I talk about um, frequently. I talked a little bit about before. I talked about in Tiger King in episode three. So I think that it's only right that we have uh, it in the intro where we talk about TV. Because I have a little bit of TV that we're going to talk about in this episode. I don't know how long this episode's going to be. It could be long. It could be short. I have a lot of things, a lot of topics, but some of these might get cut and might get put into a separate episode. So, yeah. So, I hope everybody's doing well in these uh, chaotic times that um, we find ourselves in. I, I introduced it last time of uh, chaotic times. This is the third podcast that is in COVID um, times and recording in COVID times. And um, it's, you know, it's changing. Things are starting to open up. It's looking promising. Um, but I hope everybody's staying safe out there. And man, I, mean, I was watching some movies. Uh, that's what I've been doing in this quarantine. And just looking at movies um, where people are gathered together, going to parties and everything like that, you know, walking downtown and busy streets and stuff like that. It just, it blows my mind that, that that's how life used to be, even just... Um, three to four months ago and how much things have changed and how, um, I don't want to say it looks grim, but how normal has changed and how life has totally, um, changed the way we look at it. And, you know, all these things that we took for granted for almost our entire lives is, is now changed, but that's more real life. We're here to talk about movies or, uh, right. <laughs> um, so what's been happening with me? I've been watching a lot of movies. Um, Playing Pokemon Go, I got back in the fall of 76, which is popular, unpopular, depending on who you are. Um, but I have a couple of cool 
projects and cool ideas that I have, but those are going to be released like way in the future. One of them is like very um, doable and and probably is going to happen, but will most likely happen in September is when it's going to be released, and it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be very similar to to what we're doing right now, but a little but enough change that it's unique. The other project is, I think, a very cool idea that I had. I've been thinking about doing this for a while, but um, it's something that I don't right now have the talents for it. I might need to um, hire somebody or get some people behind this project or some ideas for it. I don't want to announce it just yet because it might not happen. I kind of want to get the ball rolling. It's very much a back burner idea, but I got a couple of cool things coming um, but my main focus right now is to keep this podcast alive and expanding the YouTube a little bit, maybe doing some other uh, videos for um, the YouTube and uh, getting some things out there. So the movies that I've been watching lately, I've been watching way too much horror lately, like way too much horror. Um, I finished the Scream series. I finished three and four. I watched uh, Kiryenko or The Black Cat, which is a 1968 Japanese horror film directed by Kenito Shinindo. Um, I watched It Follows by David Robert Mitchell, um, and I've just been watching so much horror lately. I feel like horror is the only thing that I've been watching lately, and my whole episode, last episode, was focused around horror, and now I'm coming back and I'm talking more about it, and I don't want this podcast to be a horror podcast, but it's starting to slowly become into that. So last night, I was going to watch a movie, and like I said in the last episode, I really want to watch the docuseries on cursed films and cursed film sets that um, Shudder has put out. But Shudder's primary is is entirely horror. So these docuseries are all um, horror films. So The Exorcist, The Omen, um, The Crow, Poltergeist, um, and The Twilight Zone movie, which are all um, horror movies. And I actually, surprisingly enough, I haven't seen them. And I know that's kind of a shock that I've never seen uh, The Exorcist. I just never really got around to it. And I, I don't have... It's not any streaming service, which is very weird, so I'm going to have to rent it soon. Um, but I want to watch all those movies before I watch the docuseries, so I want to watch Exorcist, Omen, Poltergeist, and all those before I um, actually watch this, um, the docuseries, because it, it you, I don't know, it, it, I find it weird when you watch something about a movie that you've never seen before. So it's kind of like watching Heart of Darkness um, without seeing Apocalypse Now. It's, it's, it's very odd that they're referring to scenes and clips and, and sections that you might never seen before. So I think that is um, the go-to plan, but that's five horror movies that I have to watch before I watch this docuseries. Um, and it's just like, I've been watching so much horror lately. I finished the Scream series, Kiryanko, It Follows. It just felt like I was in trouble by horror. Then a couple nights ago, I had a nightmare. I mean, I think it was just like, I've been watching way too much horror. I need to switch it up. So last night I watched um, The 400 Blows, which is a, a French film. And it's like the like pinnacle film student movie. It's like if it's like you, you talk to a film student and they're like, hey, you need to watch Pulp Fiction, 2001 Space Odyssey, The 400 Blows. Um, and I don't know, some other some other. Yeah, I watch Fight Club, too. Um, but The 400 Blows is like the if you're getting into French New Wave, you learned that in your, your film studies class and now you're out there to watch 400 Blows. But I decided that it was on Criterion last night, so I, I, I sat down and I watched it. And it was a very good movie. It's a um, very good coming-of-age movie. I love coming-of-age movies, and I, I wanted to watch one last night. 
So I watched the 400 blows. I knew nothing about it. I had seen the opening when they're shooting um, the Eiffel Tower when I went to a script workshop. But um, that was basically all I knew from the movie. I knew nothing else from um, what the story was. But it, it's a very good story. I, I totally recommend it. It's, you know, you watch, you know, you think these weird, I don't want to say weird French movies, but sometimes you think these weird art house movies typically all French, so it's going to be crazy and surreal. But it was just a coming-of-age story about a young boy in Paris, and, it, you know, it, it hits home. It's 1959, and, you know, it's very nice. And it's a very, I think, personal look from the director, and you feel sorry for this kid. But it's a beautiful ending, and uh, I highly recommend uh, everybody go out and um, watch it. Um, so before 400 Bows, we were talking a little about horror, like we were last episode, and guess what? We're going to talk a little bit about it now. Because, like I said before, I think we're all a little bit reminiscing about things that we had in the past that we no longer have due to COVID-19. And I just want to have, I just want to talk a little bit about a TV horror, which is Stranger Things. So I watched It Follows a few nights ago. Yes, this is going to relate. But I watched It Follows a couple nights ago with my brother. And it was probably one of the movies that actually scared me in a while, um... You know, Scream doesn't really do it for me. It's just kind of a f- fun horror slasher. You know, and Hereditary didn't even scare me either. I, and I don't know why. I mean, the scene that always stuck out to me in Hereditary was the, um, as I described it, the bonk scene, which is when um, the sister sticks her head out the window and she hits her head on the pole, decapitating her. Spoiler, by the way. But it, it follows for some reason just really got to me. It scared me. It was very eerie and... I think that the right word for it is it's unnerving. Um, and I think I'm, I was, I've been not into unnerving stuff right now, but I, I watched a couple of videos that, that entitled Trevor Henderson's art, which you're probably very familiar with because he did the art for um, Siren Head, which is a, becoming a very big meme right now. But uh, Siren Head and some other um, unnerving art forms that you've probably seen on Instagram or YouTube. Um, and it's, 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 it, as when I watch it, it follows, it reminded me of these artworks where it's very unnerving and unsettling, but it reminded me of a time in my life when I watched, uh, Stranger Things for the very first time when season one came out. Now season one came out and I believe 2016. So I was 16 at the time I was in high school and I was remembering that film because it, it, I, I like to describe myself. I made this tweet one time on one of my on my old Twitter that after actually I watched Stranger Things is I think something that still lives to this day. I mean, COVID's kind of changed it, but my life is the beginning of a horror movie. And I think that's a very strange thing to say or a very strange thing to read. But when you think about it, I mean, especially in high school, my life kind of like I felt like my life was the beginning of a horror movie and it never reached the scary part. You know, the beginning of the horror movie where they're all having fun with friends, you know, you're living it up by a pool and swimming and having fun and going out for drives. And then, you know, and then suddenly something happens and the killer comes and everything turns bad. But that's what my life reminded me of. And I I remember making that reference with my friends and we watched and we watched Stranger Things. And I think Stranger Things really holds a place in my heart because first of all, it was one of the TV shows that absolutely terrified me. It was scary. I'm, I used to um, bike around with my friends. Uh, 2016 was also the Pokemon Go summer, which I'm into Pokemon Go again now. 
but I we used to go biking around at night, um, playing Pokemon Go, and I remember after watching Stranger Things episode one, where they're biking, and Will runs into that monster, and you don't really see it, and it and it grabs him. I remember I was so scared I didn't want to go biking anymore out out at night because we would bike at, at night all together and then go go swim in a pool. I remember we did that once and we went and we watched the entire Stranger Things uh, series in one go. And I think Stranger Things um, is such a good, especially uh, season one, season two was sort of a letdown. Season three brought me back, back into it. Um, season one was truly um, terrifying. It was, it was, it's such a cool concept and it was it was I watched this in a time of my life um where I kind of connected with the main characters and I think I love those movies. Um and I think horror movies do it well and I was thinking about this this the other day. I think horror movies and horror TV is some of the best coming of age movies out there. And I know that's very an odd thing to say. Coming of age is just like usually a young is a, is a young teen, you know, living life and discovering something about themselves or about life. But, and it's, it's, you know, there's always this pressure, like, like, like Lady Bird, the pressure of school, the pressure of parents and everything like that. But I feel like horror movies are just like, um, the coming of age of these characters of, of they're dealing with the stress of killer, but take that out of there. They're just kids being kids and teens. And I think that horror movies are one of the movies that I actually, the reason why I like watching is because they remind me a lot of growing up and being in high school um, with all my friends. Because even in Scream, when they had that big party with everyone watching a movie, that reminded me and my friends. So it's kind of interesting that that Stranger, when I watch Stranger Things, it's it's such a terrifying horror, but it brings me back to a place in my life that um, was so fun because I remember watching it with my friends and experiencing like these characters in the summer. And it, it brings back good memories. And I think a lot of movies have that power where you watch it. It brings back a certain memory or a certain time period in your life where you kind of relive or refill those moments. And I think music also has that too. There's certain songs that I listen to and I feel like I'm back in like um, back in 2017, back in 2016, even back in 2008. You know, it, it these these movies, this media kind of transforms you back in the day. And I think that's something that's very important and is very important about film as well. And Stranger Things is one of those um, shows that, that does that for me and, and brings me back whenever I think about it. Um, and I, summer's coming up again. Um, and it's going to be a lot different. We're all going to have to be staying inside and watching movies. So I think I'm going to be, maybe we'll rewatch Stranger Things. So it, it still feels like um, a summer that I've experienced and a summer that I love. Um, so, I mean, every movie has had last summer's movie was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I watched that and I remember the good times of me being at my work and watching that movie every opportunity I got. I watched that movie six times. Um, usually just go after work and go see the movie. So it, it, it movies kind of bring us back to something, bring us back to a summer. And I think summer in movies has always had a link with the summer blockbusters and I think that's that's really cool is that I can watch a movie from a summer blockbuster that I probably saw and I remember a specific memory. And I think a lot of my memories and the reason why I love film is that a lot of my memories are linked to the movies and going to the movie theaters. Um, like one of my memories is, you know, I'm going to see Deadpool um, 
I think it was Deadpool one. I was going to see Deadpool one and I was too young to go see it. And some random guy who's 20 flashed the ID and let me into the movie. And I got to see that movie when I was too young. Uh, same with alien covenant. I bought a ticket and I went to see all my friends and they all bought tickets to go see some, you know, family comedy. So I was able to actually get into alien covenant and they all had the sneak in. Um, you know, my first date was at a movie. I watched Baby Driver. I think that the movies have such a link to me that, you know, I watch a certain movie and I have a certain memory um, from from that movie or that time period. I think that's the power that cinema has on us. Now, after that sentimental thing, we're going to talk about something a little bit different. <laughs> um, yeah, that got really sentimental. I just want to talk about Stranger Things and how it reminded me of summer um, in 2016, but it got really kind of deep and poetic there, did it not? Um, I don't really ask people to comment down, but I'm, I'm starting to think maybe I should ask people to comment. What movie reminds you of a certain time period? Because there's a lot of movies that remind me of certain memories, like I just said, but I want to know um, what some of your memories are to movies. I mean, you don't have to tell the memory, but what's a movie that, that, that links you to the past, you know? A Link to the Past, Legend of Zelda. I'm making all these references. They're all theories, which is why we're going to talk about the best fan theories. If that's not a segue, I don't know. That's not a segue. I just started listing off stupid things. So we're going to talk about some of the best fan theories out there. I got a couple down right here, and I, there's a couple that I'm going to address. There's a couple I'm not going to address. I don't know. There's some that I really like, and there's some that are just stupid. I'm not going to lie. Some are stupid. But, I mean, let's start off with an easy one that I believe, and if you don't believe, you're entitled to your wrong opinion. Sorry. But, um, no, never mind. You don't have to believe it. But I remember I got, I think in an argument, but I got into a debate with a, with a teacher at my high school about this, this fan theory, which is about Greece. Which, surprising enough, this, actually, this is, again, a movie that links me to um, a different memory. I watched it with someone. Uh, <laughs> but um, I... Um, I, I know the Greece ending. I haven't seen all Greece. I saw half of it um, when I watched it. But um, the the ending of Greece is Sandy and... Uh, oh, my gosh. Why can't I remember his name? John Travolta. What John Travolta. I know. I'm such a fake film um, nerd. But, you know, they're driving off and they fly into the air, which is kind of a very weird ending for a movie that's kind of all grounded in reality except for the musical numbers. But... In musicals, that's allowed. There's certain, like, movies have an ingrained, you know, um, standard for them. So, like in Kill Bill, Kill Bill, it's totally okay for people to be jumping around and blood to be sporting everywhere. But it probably would be weird if, you know, aliens came down and started shooting people. You know, it's there's an ingrained... Um, rules to the world of films and the world that you create for your film and in a musical the rule is it's okay for people to burst out and singing but it's kind of weird when it's a totally grounded musical and then at the end you fly off into the sunset it's kind of weird so there's a theory that Sandy drowned on the beach in Australia I believe they were in and John Travolta tried to save her, but she died. And this is all just a fantasy in the head of Sandy. And it makes it makes so much sense. How is it that they go out, these two people meet each other, and then they just so happen to end up at the same high school? She just so happens to move to the same high school as him? It's such a weird 
you know, it's a weird concept when you when you sit down and you think about it, you know, that doesn't happen. And I know you can say it's a movie, whatever, but it makes more sense that she is imagining this and this is an imaginary world. And at the end, when she flies up to the clouds, it's like she's flying up to heaven. And I think that, I mean, I personally believe it. I mean, and it also explains the musical numbers, why everybody's so singing and joyful and happy it's this fact that it's just all in Sandy's mind and that, you know, at the end she wins, you know, I don't know. I think it's true. You can comment if you think these are true or not, but I don't know. And then the other one is Kevin McAllister is actually Jigsaw. This is another one that I, it's kind of stupid, but it's also kind of like believable too that Kevin McAllister grew up and became um jigsaw i think that one's kind of a far out connection i i i always don't like the 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 fan theories that connect two separate movies because there's there's because when i look at that i know that there's no chance in hell that home alone had any like probably had no like correlation on the creators of of saw like they didn't people saw didn't see home alone. It was like let's make a sequel to that with totally new uh, names for characters you know I, I that's like i think it can be done really well i think you connect it really well there's a very good um video on youtube um about how snowpiercer is actually the sequel to willy wonka and um it's done extremely well and you should definitely go watch it. It's very amusing and very, um, I don't know, like, it. I, wa- I read that title, I'm like, there's no way. And then they do it really well. They explain it really well, how it's a connection. But I also know that there's no real possibility that the creators of Will, Willy Wonka were like, in the sequel, this guy's going to be on a train, and they're going to be, you know, eating bugs, and it's going to be snow everywhere. Like, there's no way... And there's also no way that the creators of Snowpiercer were thinking that they're going to make a sequel to Willy Wonka. It's just very, um, there's, there's connections to it that you can make and you can twist and you can, you can, it's like a very, very, like, you have to look at it at a very, like the right angle to be like, yeah. It's okay. Yeah, it can be a sequel. And I think the people who do the Snowpiercer video, I'll link it below, do it really well. Um, and then the Kevin and Jigsaw one, it's just kind of like, he makes traps. They both make traps. You know, the the furnace kind of looks like the, the, um, the machine that he uses to rip open. I, I don't know what it's called, the bear trap thing? I don't know. It's in Dead by Daylight. Um... But yeah, I think that when, but you, so, but the, the, um, the, the theory that Sandy is dead, I think that's very good because that's in the movie and there's definitely could be a creator or the one of the writers be like, this can be hidden subcontext that the viewer can take it or not take it and take it at face value or read into it a little bit more. Um, it's because it's their own movie. Um, when you have two different separate movies that aren't a franchise, it's kind of hard to um, do that. Another one that I think is right, which is a movie in a movie, um, is Pulp Fiction. Um, Marcellus Wallace's soul is in um, the briefcase. So 
I've read a lot about how it is, it isn't, what it is. What it actually is, is just a light in a briefcase. But everyone was like, it's Marcellus Wallace's soul. The the um, combination number is 666. He has a band-aid on the back of the head, which is, I think, if you read somewhere, the way that you extract the soul or something from a person is through the back of the head, which makes sense. But I'm pretty sure that it was just... He was shaving his head and he cut his head, I believe. And then he had to put a bandaid on it. And Tarantino was like, oh, that looks cool. Let's do that. So there's kind of an argument against it. But I think it makes the most sense, even if it's not the filmmaker or if it's not Tarantino's um, direct like idea for it. Um, he might have just wanted to be like, this is very ambiguous. It could be whatever the, the viewer wants. But I think that a viewer consensus is that it's Marcel Wallace's soul. And I think it's such a cool concept in sort of a grounded um, reality. And you uh, and I'm going to say that Pulp Fiction is a grounded reality because it's in the Tarantino Rodriguez universe, which is all normal. Which what gets me into the next theory, which is, you know, people have been saying that you know, Tarantino has all his movies in one universe and that's correct, but he has the Tarantino universe and then he has the film and film universe, which is there's a number of Tarantino movies that are all set in the same universe. So Django, um, Hateful Eight, A Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Jackie Brown, Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, um, stuff like that. And same with some Rodriguez films. But then there's films that those so... There's films that a character, so at the end of Pulp Fiction, Bruce Willis's character's Butch gets away. So Butch could possibly go to the movie theater and watch Kill Bill. So that's how that kind of works. Or he could go and watch Spy Kids from Robert Rodriguez, which is kind of crazy because if you actually look, not Spy Kids, but if you actually look in um, Shark Boy and Lava Girl, which is a Robert Rodriguez film, which is one of the best kids movies ever. Um, you can see a big kahuna burger um, bag when Max is fishing, um, which is really cool. And you can take that as, you know, oh, it's product placement from the Tarantino universe. Or you can even take it as that Shark Boy and Lava Girl set in the same universe as Pulp Fiction, which either or is very funny. But in reality, it's just a movie that Butch could go see in the movie and movie universe. Now, a theory that the reason why these movies are so kind of because you know Kill Bill's kind of like you said it's a movie and movie universe so it's kind of it's weird it's not Tarantino's movie it's Tarantino's take on a movie so that's why it's so flamboyant and extra but the reason why these movies are kind of flamboyant and extra same with like Death Proof the Spy Kids movies um, and all that I don't I can't really contest to Robert Rodriguez but especially with Tarantino is Inglorious as Bastards is set in the Tarantino universe. So the reason why movies are so loved and respected in the Tarantino universe is because Hitler was killed in a movie theater. And that's kind of like now become the American pride and the American joy of going to the cinema because it's now an American pastime because Hitler was killed in a movie theater. And I think that's probably one of my favorite theories because I think that's so Tarantino and I think that's like such a cool little nod to his love of cinema and propaganda and and I don't know, it just, it's such, I don't know, it, I love it, it's fantastic.
Um, there's a couple other ones here that I have, but we'll talk to them another time because I want to. We're gonna end it up real quickly. This episode I know isn't um as uh, long as some of the uh, other episodes, but kind of on a time crunch. I'm 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 not fully set up with my my, my new microphone yet. I'm just sort of testing this out with this new um, setup, and also this is the second podcast for May. The last one was pretty long with an hour. Um, so we're just, we're just, we're just reaching about half an hour right now. So we're probably gonna go for another more, more, 10 more minutes probably. So get to 40 minutes. And I think that's, that, that'd be pretty good. So, um, but enough delaying, let's move on to some film conspiracy theories, which isn't fan theories. And it's kind of hard to find these because every time you search up fan, uh, film conspiracy theories, you get either conspiracy theory, the movie, or you get the um, fan theories from, you know, uh, you know what I just said, but film conspiracy theories are more, I don't know how, how to put it. They're not about the movie. They're not in the movie, but kind of about the sets and around the movie. So the two that I kind of found in reference, because two of these, I know kind of off by heart, um, we're going to talk a little bit about them, which is the biggest film, um, I think conspiracy theory is the faked moon landing. And you might ask yourself, why is that a film conspiracy theory? Be- but it's because the, 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 the running conspiracy theory is that Stanley Kubrick, the director of 2001 Space Odyssey, directed the moon landing, that he was the one that directed it. And I don't know how that theory conjured up to be, but there's a lot of evidence in his work the shining which people were like that's kind of hard evidence that he did it but i also know stanley was i am saying this like i know him personally stanley was sort of a humorous kind of guy and i feel like he would totally make references sort of as a just kind of as a troll um when he kind of were in these because he he made dr strange which was supposed to be a drama and a war drama into a comedy so there's like he had a humorous side to him but the the evidence is in the shining the young boy has a um an apollo sweater on which people are like totally totally evidence right there and the second one was i believe that the room number i can't remember the number off by heart but the number of the room it's it's a very famous number in the book, but he changed it, and the number is the exact number of I think miles from the Earth to the Moon. People are like, "That's kind of weird. Why would you change the number from the book to this very specific number?" And there's a cool movie called Operation Avalanche about the the moon, fake moon landing. It's a Canadian film, actually. Um, I I recommend you go check it out. So. Yeah, it's kind of uh, it's kind of interesting. I mean, I wasn't. I don't know. I'm more in the camp that the moon landing was real. I know people are like it's fake, and there's 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 tons of evidence, you know, that it is fake. There's also evidence that it is real, and you can totally see why they want Stanley Kubrick for it after two thousand one, the Space Odyssey, which was mind blowing for the time of the effects of what space was really like. Um. In the uh, especially the running around the walls with the gravity, I think that's such an iconic scene, and probably why they wanted to um, use Stanley Kubrick if um, 
if they actually did use Stanley Kubrick. Who knows? Maybe they got um, Alfred Hitchcock to actually direct it and nobody was the wiser. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm more in the camp that it's real. I don't want to explain why I think it's real because that's not really into movies, but it's an interesting conspiracy theory to look at that Kubrick directed the, the moon landing. And I think my favorite joke is to make is to people who don't really watch film, which is, hey, have you ever seen a Stanley Kubrick film? And they're like, no. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you have. You watched the moon landing. So, yeah, um, which was a joke that my brother made to me. And I thought it was quite, quite humorous. So the other conspiracy theory I want to talk about, sort of more morbid than landing on the moon, which is um, in The Wizard of Oz, the munchkin is dead and you can see him hanging in one of the scenes. Do, do, do. Yeah. So this was actually, um, I learned about this in elementary school in grade six or something. And this actually terrified me. I remember looking up videos and then pointing it out and being like, here's the hanging munch and you can see him while they're skipping down. And I thought that was horrifying, horrifying that there was a real death on, um, on, um, in a movie that you could watch. And I'm like, this isn't a fake death. Someone actually died. Um, so that was a big conspiracy theory. And everyone was like, what was it? It was like, his wife left him and like he wasn't getting paid or something. So he decided to do it on set and it just so happened to be while filming. But I read recently, I remember there was a big theory conspiracy theory for a while. I think when the internet came out, everyone was speculating this, but it's actually, I think a Pelican, they had a number of animals around. So it's not real. I, I think someone came out and, and explained or one of the old, I wouldn't know, they probably all be passed away by now, but someone explained sort of what it actually was, and it wasn't actually a dying munchkin. It was a um, a bird that was flapping in the distance. But I remember reading about this and watching videos, and I was terrified, horrified in like grade six. I think it gave me nightmares, actually, about just thinking about how there's, there's this guy dead on screen. But that's not, um, that's not actually, yeah. Uh, a real, you know, and that's, that's the thing with conspiracy theories, you know, people don't know if they're real or not. This one's not real. And I'm just, it's, I want to find more and I want to talk about these more because I find them so interesting. And there's one that I'm looking for. It, I remember being quite young before grade five. I read this book. It was a book about aliens because I loved aliens back then. And I loved everything paranormal. And I read this book and there was a small blurb, like, it's sort of like a visual dictionary kind of it was a small blurb and it was a film still from a movie. I can't recall. And it was a picture of an alien on a table. And it just said one avid film watcher. So-and-so I forget the name watched this movie and could have sworn that the prop alien on the table actually moved and it was actually a live alien. And I want to know what movie that was. And I want to know like there's no way it was a real alien, obviously, but I want to know like why people thought this. And I want to know if there's anything more like this. Like, I want to know if there's movies where people are like, Oh, this is a movie, a documentary about some piano player. But in one of the interview footages, you can see like some object in the background or some, you know, some person or some alien or some ghost in the background. And those kind of conspiracy theories. Cause I think that, that is really interesting, and that's what kind of terrifies me. 
fan theories are fun. Like I'm not going to get, don't get me wrong. Fan theories are fun, but it's all just sort of speculation. I like to see when the directors address fan theories. I, I saw when the Jordan Peele and Kevin Smith did. And I think that's kind of, uh, that's kind of fun, but I, um, I like these weird conspiracy theories. I don't know. I, I, they they kind of add more and i think that's why i really want to watch that cursed films docu-series because it adds more to the movie than just the movie itself you know um i think uh yeah that's why i really like it so we are going to wrap this episode up this episode is a little bit shorter um i do uh apologize but to be fair this microphone actually came in today, the day that I am recording. Um, I just recorded something else for school. I'm very, I don't know how to describe it, left out of breath um, <laughs> of talking. And I wasn't expecting to record a podcast today. So I wrote all my points up very quickly um, about things and about what I want to talk about. Usually I have more time to prepare and what I want to talk about. But Alas, this is what's going to be out. This is the second podcast for me. So you get two podcasts in one month, which is cool. We're hopefully going to be on track to get 12 done by the end of the year. So one per month, um, which also reflects my favorite comic book series, Watchmen, when they had 12 issues. But um, possibly more. Um, hopefully some n- new videos will get up soon. I'm going to be working on those. Honestly, I'm just... it's. You know, you're in quarantine and you're lazy. You're watching movies. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, hopefully I get some stuff out there. And hopefully that by um, August, oh, I know that sounds like a very far, far way, I'll be announcing something very cool that I have in the works and, and cool idea that I still have to work on. And that's why it'd probably be announced in August and premiere in September. And then we'll see where that goes. Um, and then I have another project which has no light of day yet, has no even window uh, yet because it's still very much in the concept idea phase. Um, so I ho- hope that you uh, enjoyed this episode and that you're out there staying safe. Um, rent a movie, watch a movie with your family. Please stay uh, safe. Uh, make a short film even. Uh, leave down below what, um, what movie links you to a uh, favorite memory. Uh, that'd be very cool to cool to see. Um, so yeah, thank you so much, and go see a movie. I don't know what to say. 